KFI AM 640 handle here on a June 9th, uh, Thursday. Obamacare being attacked uh, and has been attacked since uh, the very beginning by Republicans and some Democrats. We're not overly thrilled. It, It goes both ways. A lot of people think that Obamacare doesn't go far enough for those people that advocate a national health care system. And naturally, the people on the other side uh, think any form of national health uh, is an anathema or is anathema to uh, we in the United States, uh, those of us who live here. All right. So uh, when Obamacare was first passed and part of Obamacare is that illegal aliens are not allowed to buy into Obamacare. They're just off to the side, ineligible. They are not allowed to purchase a health plan either from the federal marketplace or any of the state exchanges, which means all of Obamacare, because it's one of the two. Now, without that provision, Congress simply wouldn't have approved it. There is a new bill that's been passed by the state Senate, introduced by Senator Ricardo Lara, Democrat of Bell Gardens, that would now open the door for illegal aliens to buy health plans from Covered California, our exchange program. However, under the bill, the Senate bill, and still being covered under Obamacare, the feds would not put dime one into it. So what does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means. It means that uh, this is a Pyrrhic victory. It is a symbolic gesture. That's all it is, because most illegal immigrants, virtually all of them, wouldn't be able to afford the premiums anyways without financial assistance. People who are poor need a subsidy. The subsidy comes from the federal government. The federal government won't pay into this state bill, even though there is a new law that allows undocumented immigrant kids, illegal alien, uh, illegal alien kids, who did sign up for benefits under Medi-Cal to also somehow be covered. And this is what we're talking about for the most, for the most part here. And the two really don't connect. Illegal kids uh, under a new law get Medi-Cal, and that's medical insurance for poor kids, but that has nothing to do with the Obamacare. That's simply a statewide law that's just being extended. I mean, in reality, what's going on is that the law and legislatures are simply around the country, actually, are simply recognizing that you've got 11 million illegal aliens here. Donald Trump wants to throw all of them out tomorrow. But then there's a lot of or you know what? I just came up with an idea. He should have them all work on the wall and then throw them out. Two birds with one stone. So what's happening is, and uh, here in California, we've recognized it as other states. You've got to do something with these people. And I've, and I've switched 180 degrees. I was uh, the Donald, Donald Trump model. They're here illegally. Boom. There's the line. We're not going to recognize 
the validity of anybody being here illegal and uh, illegally, and we're not going to extend benefits. They have to go to school. We get that. Supreme Court ordered that one that uh, it doesn't matter a kid's legal status. Uh, any kid in America is entitled to an education right up through high school. A free education paid for by the state. So that's the law. That's easy. Now, as far as medical care goes, that's a different animal, isn't it? So under this waiver that exists, illegal aliens will now be allowed to purchase under Covered California a medical plan that will not be subsidized by the federal government, which means that if they already, since there's no subsidy, anybody who has the money that's not subsidized has the money to buy a private plan. So if you look at it, it's a circular argument. So again, as I said, it's a, it's a symbolic gesture. But politically, it means a lot for those attacking Obamacare. Because uh, here is the argument. Obamacare was sold to us that immigrants living in the country illegally are excluded 100%. And now the law says, well, not quite. We just can't use federal dollars to pay for the subsidies. So, uh, you know, in the end, it means absolutely nothing. But back for a moment, recognizing that we have this issue of 11 million, give or take, illegal aliens. Do we keep them at, at the same level, the same stature, legal stature that we keep now? I don't know. Doesn't make much sense to me. I mean, that or do we wait for them all to die? They've had kids. Donald Trump says they're pouring over the border. They're not. The number of illegal aliens that are coming over the border has dropped dramatically. They're not pouring over, and they're not. Although there are those that would argue one coming over the border is one too many, and that is a pour over. So what do we do? I don't know. Hillary Clinton gets elected. The other day, uh, I voted on Tuesday, and I fully expected to be asked at the poll, are you legal here in the United States? And if I said yes, I would not be able to vote. Redmond say only illegal aliens vote at this polling place. So I wouldn't even answer the question. Uh, what do you do? Well, you stop right here, and we move on to another topic. That's what we do. Because as uh, many, there is no answer here, right? All right, coming up, SAG-AFTRA, the union that we belong to here, uh, that's uh, Screen Actors Guild, which is merged with, and I love the title, the American Federation of Radio, of Television and Radio Artists. That's like makeup artists. They're not. Radio people are not artists we're radio people and there's a lawsuit going on there is a concern about work environment the the workplace and how it is harmful how the hell does someone sitting in a radio studio behind a mic how is that harmful seriously i'll tell you how kfi am 640 kfi 
KFI AM 640 handle here. June 9th on a Thursday. Real quickly, uh, before we go to uh, Neil with the Fork Report uh, this morning. SAG-AFTRA is the union that represents uh, Screen Screen Actors Guild and uh, AFTRA, the radio people. And they have asked the state of California to open up an investigation into unsafe working conditions. We're not talking about stunt people. In the case of AFTRA, we're talking about those of us that sit here on our asses and talk into the microphone. Boy, how's that for unsafe? Not gonna, I can see it's unsafe for you driving along and listening to the show, but how is it unsafe for me? Well, uh, this actually has to do with vocal recording sessions that are being held by companies in the video game industry. That's what this one is about. Are the union folks in the video game industry who are asked to... Scream? Just, well, here's an example of what they're asked to do. Okay. You heard that guttural sound. Uh, That's World of Warcraft, and uh, those are the sound of the orcas. Orcs. Okay, orcs, orcas. Very different. It's all all the same to me. It's a a orc from World of Warcraft, Handle. Got it, uh, as opposed to the orca. Orca, that's at SeaWorld. Got it. I knew it was was close. But I was was just talking to uh, Justin uh, about how difficult it is and how it really can be devastating to your voice to do this kind of stuff hour after hour. Yeah, there, if, I know a ton of VO guys who do animation, and it's a known fact that if you book a video game in particular and they ask you to come in on a Tuesday, all the voiceover, in fact, there's people listening going, oh, that's the worst, because you go in and you do what they call efforts, which is if you're doing like a war game like Call of Duty and it's a lot of like, oh! just screaming for six hours straight it tears up your voice and then you got to go do a cartoon voice the next day and your voice is all raspy and it doesn't work so they purposefully try to book those on friday so you have the weekend to recover now as far as the complaint is concerned i mean none of this makes any sense to me whatsoever and it's just a union going nuts uh for example uh, they're adding uh, or they're saying uh, in the complaint or asking the state to investigate union members are given insufficient time to warm up their voices. Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. How would a production company not give an actor, uh, a voiceover actor, the time to warm up? Uh, and by the way, even if they don't, uh, any professional is going to come in early yeah. and warm up anyway. So that one seems specious to me. Didn't you used to do your voice exercises on the way into work? I did. And I stopped those. I would go, mm, mm, oh, yeah, yeah, I did. And then I just stopped. Uh, So maybe they just expect them to prepare themselves. Because you know what I found out? The voice exercises actually destroyed my voice. And when I stopped doing them, I was just fine. You may have been doing them wrong, man. Think so? Yeah. 
But it's it's a real problem. Uh, there are negotiations going on right now, but there's always been a problem between SAG-AFTRA and the video game industry. It took forever for the video video game industry to recognize that these were real actors in the first place. They just thought they were throwaway people just doing voices. Well, the same thing happened in the in the world of animation. You know, when you look at the early animation, I think uh, Toy Story, for example, first one, and it was uh, Tom Hanks and it was uh, Tim Allen, I think, uh, who were in there. You know, they did it for scale. They would come in, work for three days or four days, a week and a half maybe, doing the voices for a cartoon, very easy. They would do it for the $800 a day, which is what scale is. So they'd end up with a $3,000 check. And the film made $60 million. Well, same thing goes for video games. You don't get paid per video game sold. Uh, well, if you're a big-time star, you do, I'm assuming. No. Also, and, and do they do it for scale? I mean, are we talking about union scale of a few hundred dollars a day? What you're describing is the, what you said is correct in my experience, but then as, like, the bigger games, like Grand Theft Auto, that have, like, celebrities especially in them, and if you become, like, a known person, you, you get more. You start than negotiating. Just, well, exactly. it turned but out. But you don't get royalties for okay. per game sold. But in the term, fair enough, and that makes sense, because very few actors do get royalties. But in the uh, in the world of animation, uh, the these people realize that uh, the Tim Allens of this world, you know, they, these are this is real talent. Now they get in the millions of dollars to do the voices in animation, and that is a gig, man. If you can get uh, a gig in an in a animation uh, in an animated film of which it's well-known, or uh, you happen to be well-known, oh, do you make money? But then again, Tom Hanks makes money no matter what he does. Well, that's another frustration that a lot of voice actors have is that there are people who develop really huge skill sets that they're in eight different animated shows, and you wouldn't even know who they are, but then everybody that's making the movies, they want a celebrity to come in. Like if they do a made-for-TV version you know, kind of thing, they, they will look for sound-alikes, but they'll, if they can get a celebrity, they'll always go for a celebrity, and they just get to come in and be themselves. Remember Fat Albert? Uh, with we didn't really knew, know at the time that Bill Cosby, when he said "Hey, hey, get over here," what he really was meaning. Coming up, Neil Saavedra with the Fork Report, KFI AM six forty, KFI, an iHeart Radio station. Understanding and insight in three, two, one. This is the Fork Report. Should you drink a cab or a port? Is your cook time too short? Does your kitchen need a sort? Find out on the Fork Report. KFI AM 640 Handle here June 9th on a Thursday. And you bet it's time for the Fork Report with Neil Saavedra. Brought to you by Stonefire Grill. Uh, go to a Stonefire Grill between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. and try their seven weekday lunch specials for just $7 a piece. Stonefiregrill.com. Neil, yesterday we had uh, lunch. and As we, we are wont to do. As we are wont to do. And uh, we, start, we started talking about trends in yeah, uh, food and what's the hottest thing going. Because food does that. It's like um, it's almost like the fashion industry. It, it, there are various trends. Yeah, it wasn't as eloquent as that. I think in the middle of us <laughs> talking about something else, you stopped and went, "Hey, what are 
what are some food trends going on right <laughs> yeah. now? And I'm like, oh, well, okay, we're going to have a little impromptu fork report. Let's do it. Uh, and it, it got me thinking. I think that my response to you is something that has taken on, and, and this isn't a brand new trend. This is something that's been brewing for about a year or so. Um, and, yes, there's been places that have had it prior, but the, the poke bowl, which is a, a, a Hawaiian food that I'll talk about in a moment. But then it got me thinking about this overall trend that is outside of just that specific food trend. And it's a weird one. And I was really trying to figure this out, but there is a trend towards bowls. That's it. Like bowls, eating stuff in bowls. Eating regular stuff in bowls. Well, all kinds of different things. Now, it started a couple different ways. Of course, uh, poke plays a part in it, and like I said, I'll get to that. But there's there's something about it. I'm trying to pinpoint, like, what caused this tip to where people want to eat things in bowls everywhere you go it's the power this power bowl or it's uh, uh the acai bowl or it's the poke bowl or you know these- what I, i'm going to throw something at you to see if it resonates at all i'm guessing now this is pure speculation is that it got some traction when vietnamese restaurants really took off because a lot of vietnamese food is in the bowl like pho. well yes and no yes that's part of it that the, the, these are all the the arrows that I was I, I like had this chart um, like some uh, crazed maniac like uh, what is it uh, uh, home uh, what's her face the uh, television show you starting to sound like me yeah I just I completely blanked That's anyways me. where the, I've got these charts on the wall of how these bowls start coming and uh, homeland so so I start getting crazed at where does this come from and there's a couple things and that definitely plays a part of it. But there's also something that, that kind of goes back to uh, curating. There's this movement of people wanting uh, – they want to be taught things and they want to learn about new foods. But they also want to choose which one of those foods go into their system and what they're going to eat. So places like uh, – fast casual places like Chipotle, on the forefront of this, you get the burrito or you could get it into a bowl. And basically what you're doing is you're layering those ingredients. And there's a couple other elements that play a part of this too. One, you're choosing everything. Two, it's incredibly aesthetic, which sounds weird, but uh, people like to take pictures of their food. And bowls you can layer in such a way or you can place the colors on them. They can be very colorful when you're putting all the different ingredients. People like to photograph them. With photographs comes, you know, pushing out and people seeing them. And with that comes the excitement and people wanting to try these things. So now you've got all these different types of bowls, uh, including uh, these uh, acai bowls, the Brazilian uh, berry. This They call it a, a superfood. And this superfood uh, comes in many shapes and sizes as far as how you get it. Mostly it's usually a thick puree. Uh, of the berry topped with fruits, nuts, granola, uh, breakfast toppings. There's a place uh, in Newport Beach called Bowl of Heaven. And I will tell you, these bowls, uh, it's almost like a smoothie in a bowl stacked with fruit, are so unassuming uh, because they look beautiful and they look great. They're on the sweeter side, obviously, but are so packed with so much fruit uh, and really delicious. If you get a chance, try Dan's uh, PB bowl. It's, it really is uh, phenomenal. You've got peanut butter and and uh, you've got wedges of and little wheels of banana. And the flavors just are fresh and powerful. They're beautiful uh, to look at. A wheel of banana, isn't that a slice? 
Yeah, but wheel is a fancy term, quite honestly. This is why you do a food show and I don't, because I would talk about slices of banana. If it was banana. a square of banana, <laughs> you'd have a problem. So it's it's popping up all over the place. Restaurants, small, these small little restaurants that uh, took Los Angeles by storm, like Squirrel, uh, known for their uh, sorrel pesto. Wait, wait, uh, a restaurant called Squirrel? Yeah, uh, spelled and, S-Q-I-R-L. And they don't serve? S-Girl, Squirrel. Oh, okay, so they don't actually serve. Squirrel, no. Squirrel! Yeah, people show up with two teeth. <laughs> Asking you, uh, yeah. saying things like, tell you what to start the conversation, tell you what you should have. No, nothing like that. No roadkill. Uh, but uh, Cafe Gratitude have bowls like Humble or Grateful Bowl, and they're very similar. There seems to be something tied to the health aspect because every single one of these bowls kind of go towards this combination of a protein-filled salad. That right. is kind of you know stackable. Right. We're going to take a break. I'm going to come back. Is that you were going to get to poke? Yeah, we'll get to poke, and I want to tell you about a great event coming to Got Long it. Beach. All right, so. we'll do both of those as soon as we return. KFI AM six forty. KFI AM six forty. KFI handle here, June ninth on a Thursday. We uh, finish with uh, Neil Savedra as we do every Thursday with the Fork Report, and we were talking about trends in in eating. And uh, the bowl is uh, the bowl. I know we're we're eating out of bowls. It's like dog it's such food. A weird. Trend. I know. It's, uh, I gotta have it in a bowl. Yeah. And you were in, one of the big things is uh, the hokey pokey bowl. The poke bowl. Yeah. Uh, Put your fork right in. You take your fork right out. You know, this is a really. If you've never had it, it's fantastic. What? It really, what is? Imagine, what is it? Okay. Imagine this is a Hawaiian. Uh, this truly is a staple of Hawaiian living, and it's basically warm, sticky rice, uh, very fresh, raw, marinated ahi tuna, uh, onions, seaweed, seasonings. It can be a whole bunch of different things. That's that's a really simplistic and basic way of looking at it. It's another way but of imagine, doing sushi, basically. Well, imagine it as deconstructed sushi, sort of. Uh, so uh, people try and compare it to things like uh, sashimi, but which is long, thinner strips over rice. Uh, tartar, which has kind of a, uh, a glue that holds it all together, so it's different, smaller um, sizes. Uh, ceviche, which is uh, different because of the amount of uh, acid that's in there, kind of cooks uh, the the seafood. So this is cubes, and I think poke actually, the, the word actually comes from a Hawaiian word to mean to cube or to cut into cubes. And it's, uh, once again, beautiful to look at, but you can layer it in anything. Now, there is some controversy because as it's made its way to the mainland, a lot of different changes have gone on. Of course, uh, we pollute and pervert everything. Once it gets here, we we try and see what things we can change. And there are, are a lot of things that have been added to it or changed uh, uh, over you know the past year or two that it's uh, slowly been making its way in. So there's a lot of different types of ingredients that are added to it that are uh, like quinoa and things like that. But Again, it's about that kind of health-focused, uh, layered bowl. And what kind of restaurant protein. do you go to? Is there any specific restaurant well, or just some, everybody orders it? Some of them are specific to it. California Fresh Grill, a bunch of locations in Orange County, uh, Poke, uh, et cetera, in Long Beach, uh, Sushi Boy in Irvine. You can find it at a lot of different places. Of course, uh, Sweetfin, uh, or, uh, Sweetfish, as uh, these places have been around for uh, some time and they continue to take uh, on more uh you know focus but 
Um, you can even get it at the supermarket now. You can go to you go to a Gelson's or something like that. You can find it it there. Uh, the fish is fresh and cubed, and then you find it almost like a salad mm. bar where you can build up your bowls and build it to be whatever you want. Um, All right. You wanted to uh, talk about the event coming up. Oh, yeah. There's a great event coming up, and I like to tell people about uh, interesting food events. This one is interesting because it's been around for a long time, but I bet a lot of people in Southland still haven't experienced it. It's the 30th annual Long Beach Bayou Festival, and it's Father's Day weekend, Saturday, June 18th, and Sunday, June 19th. So it's the Bayou. Now, from what I understand, right, uh, If I see if I got this one right, uh, the – the founder of that came from one of the great uh, Jewish universities by you. Incorrect. Incorrect. But it is coming to Rainbow Lagoon Park in Long Beach. All, you know, all kinds of music. And the great thing is the food. You've got Cajun and Creole dishes. Yeah, like Cajun. Crawfish, you know, you know there, aren't, there aren't many really good Cajun restaurants here in Southern California. For some reason, no, it's not something. Have, we do have them. They're still. They're scattered, and that's why I think this is a great event because you can find them in one location. You can try a lot of these great foods. It's This is about Southern California as a whole. Uh, L.A. and Orange County, uh, Orange County is a little better at this, a little more grouped. L.A., it's scattered. The food scene is scattered. You really have to look for things. You really have to, uh, you know, you want great uh, Asian food. Yes, you can go to the San Gabriel Valley, but there are also places all over Southern California you just have to – take the time to seek them out because they may be in strip malls or tiny little places and nooks and crannies that are making really wonderful food, but you're not hear about it, uh, hearing about them. Yeah, this, uh, uh, this uh, holiday season and on my holiday vacation, uh, I think I'm taking Marjorie to New Orleans. She has never been. Really? She's never out of been. all the traveling you guys yeah, do? she's never been in Nolens. It is such a terrific place, and it's a Great food Yes, because I love uh, Cajun cooking. I just love it. The blackened everything. Yeah. And then the story of Paul Prudhomme, uh, I don't know if it's it's apocryphal or not, but uh, the quote in the invention of blackened fish, uh, that he just overcooked fish one day, and uh, there he came. He had blackened. I don't know how far back uh, blackened food goes, but it's just it's a ter- terrific story. The majority of uh, – there's a lot of really terrific right. food that was accidents. Yeah. That most – most yeah. yeah. It's like you know, I, I once uh, interviewed Paul Prudhomme before I had uh, – Did you call him Dom DeLuise I did not. Mistake? No, that's very funny, but he came – he was huge. I mean, he had to do one of those fat people scooters. He literally could not walk. Came in on a jazzy? Came in on, on a jazzy and then cooked. Uh, I had the weekend show at the time. And uh, his wife, and he was, must have been in the 50s at that point. I heard his she was beautiful. Knockout. Absolutely gorgeous. Mid-30s. And uh, we all, she came in. We all said, you know what? Uh, she's going to be a widow very, very soon. Paul Prudhomme is huge. And he talks with a wheeze. Every She died the next year. Yeah, and he kicked around for another 20. Go figure. Go figure. I love the fried green tomatoes at K-Paul's. They're so delicious. I like how you enter the scene. You know who else else has fried green? Lucille's has (laughs) fried green tomatoes, yeah. I've I've never had them where I liked them except for at K-Paul's. Okay, fair enough. Because, you know, they can't be soggy inside, and the breading cannot detach from the tomato. No, they have to be really good. Hey, a a couple of things. Uh, Real quickly, because we only have a couple of minutes, Shannon. 
Uh, first of all, a quick, quick overview of what you're doing today, and then let's go right into what's happening tomorrow. Uh, we have new information on why the glove did not fit OJ. This is not a story from 1995. It is from 2016. A cat cafe is coming to L.A. where you bring your cat in. Ah, see, I and thought. And you eat see, with I, the cats. I, I, I mean, that, the whole you eat with the cats or you eat the cat? You eat with your cat. Ah. Um, and other people's felines. And that's just an entire see something, say something room. I mean, you get you go in there and you just corral all of those people and then you take them away. What and happened put them to the in days a padded room. when people, when women with their cats just sat home and ate hog and Those alone. were the good old days, weren't mm-hmm. they? When they when they didn't go into public. Uh, and Trump is having some money problems. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, big we event. We are having a huge event. News and brews. The news and brews at the Slide Bar in Fullerton. And should we tell what 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 a listener told you to do for your events? No, I didn't. New, I don't news even and know. Jews. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, news. I told you about this months uh, I, ago. I forgot. What months ago? And you, you told said me you something. loved it. I do love you it. You were over the moon about that yes. idea. Yes, I am. So uh, we. But anyway, back to us. 10 to 2 tomorrow Shalom. at the yeah. Slide Bar in Fullerton. And then Petros and Money start their summer tour coming up at 2 to 6. So it'll be a direct uh, a connection. A handoff. That'll be great. A, a direct so I'm, assuming, I'm assuming some stuff is going to happen between the two shows. Oh, we're going to give away gas cards. They're giving away a car. It's going to be a great time. And pints are 5 bucks until 2 p.m. So take off work. Call in sick. Come join us. You got it. That's tomorrow. And I'll, I'll be talking about that tomorrow morning because you're not going to be here to do a crossover tomorrow. You're obviously going to be there. We'll be there to do a crossover though. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Also, uh, before we bail and Shannon starts the show with Gary, uh, I'm taking phone calls. It's Thursday, 877-520-1150. Handle on the law. Marginal legal advice off the air for future broadcasts. You can call me at 877-520-1150, where I humiliate you and tell you you have absolutely no case and no life, which is always fun to do. Eight- can I say news and Jews, or is that inappropriate? Like, are you offended by that? Oh, I'm truly offended. That's me, Mr. <laughs> offended by everything. Yeah, 877 877- as a matter of fact, every harassment complaint that it, that has been filed in this uh, in this station, my name is actually already printed in the complaint. Yours and mine. <laughs> yeah, eight seven seven five two zero eleven fifty. Neil, tomorrow? Uh, no, Saturday. Yeah, we'll keep it on the same day every yeah, week. Yeah, yes. We're going to uh, do Saturdays. Uh, from uh, to yes, uh, Saturday. We thought from of two moving to five. it. I thought no. <laughs> All right. And uh, yeah, if you uh, if you want more information about the Bayou Festival, go to longbeachbayou.com. You got it. All right, Shannon. Have a good show. Thank you, sir. This is KFI AM six forty. In a world of radio, we create radio.